0: Oh uh-huh. Hi there. Welcome to Conversations with a Wounded Healer. I'm your host, Sarah Bueno. Today, I have a very special guest from Washington State. I think she said she's about an hour and a half north outside of Seattle. Her name is Jen George, and you'll hear her describe herself, but I'll just kind of describe what I think of her. I think of her as a spiritual healer. You'll hear her, I guess, aversion to the word healer later once we get into the discussion. So, Jen George is a friend of a friend, and my sweet friend Amy, who you also, we'll hear her interview at some point had said, oh, you've really got to connect with my friend Jen. And I'm so, so glad I did. And I think this interview, you know, is even more evidence for me that that Jen and I are just riding the same vibes. And so she and I talk about spiritual healing, our own journeys and how we think about the word healing and we think about the word wounded. And she's just a really, really special person. And I hope you enjoy this interview. Well Jen George, welcome to Conversations with a Wounded Healer. How you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing okay. I realize I've got to get a better setup. I recorded my closet, as you could see when we started, and I am sitting on an Ikea chair that is not good for my back. And I just did, a, uh, I did an interview already this morning and I'm like, I'm going to have to like set up a little lazy boy <laughs> in my closet to do these recordings, be a, totally. a little more comfortable. You need to be
1: comfy. yeah,
0: Right? Yeah. But other than that, I'm good. Good. Yeah. So okay. will you share with our listeners who you are and what you do? Sure.
1: I am a holistic wellness and life coach who has a deep passion for the energetic side of things and how we're energetic beings and how do how we do we take care of that and bring awareness to that on a regular basis. So my journey started back in two thousand five learning shiatsu therapy, which mm is based in Chinese medicine. So it's a type of body work that's done fully clothed, working the meridians and the pressure points of the body. And so that work really just clicked for me about how everything is connected and our emotions and our physical body and our emotional and energetic, how it all is connected. And I remember learning that. I can almost remember the moment where I was like, oh my gosh, I've never heard anybody say this. And yet I, it, you're speaking to my core. Like I know mm. this to be true. So over the years, my work has shifted a bit and I and I work a little differently than I did back then. But it, it has the same approach. It looks at the whole body and where we might be stuck and how do we clear that up and how do we maintain that day to day? And that's why I brought in the coaching because it's one thing to come in for a session and feel more clear and then I just realized this pull to like, wow, I really want to help people change their lifestyle and their day-to-day yeah. routine so they can maintain that. So that is what I'm passionate about. And that's what I work with women
0: on. Mm, just women?
1: You know, I've always said that, but I, but I still attract, I still work with men. And so it's, it's like 95% women. When,
0: when mm. with men, I meet
1: men who like really connect with me and my energy. And I say, hey, I want to work with you. I'm like, heck yes. But I, but I primarily work with, with women. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I imagine energy work. Well, that's not true. I was just going to stereotype genders. So I'm just not going to say that because I don't think that's probably <laughs> true.
1: <laughs> yeah. And even as I say, yeah, women and men, I'm like, that's so doesn't resonate either. Right. So mm-hmm. I work with everyone. I just primarily I feel like women more are more attracted to my work, but. Yeah, I work
0: with everyone. It's funny that you say attracted to because I use that same language as a as a therapist. And I talk about the type of people who are attracted to working with me. And I mean, obviously, in my work in particular, I have to qualify what I mean by that. When I'm like, yes, people are attracted to me to working with me to working with me. I'm not sleeping with my clients. So it's just funny that you use that. But I'm guessing that there are a lot of therapists that listen to this and so i'm gonna pull out two uh bad words that you said to a therapist is is life coach life coach yeah and we're so let's just put it out there we're super judgmental about people who call themselves a coach and it's because of my own bias that i i want to call you something else (laughs) but that's me like it's it's just we are so judgmental Well,
1: to be honest, I don't love the term either. It just, I feel like my clients call me that and they like understand that. So I'm like, okay, I'll call myself that. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I I, I squirm a little bit. I don't feel like it's a hell yes for me when I say it. Yeah. I still struggle with that term.
0: Well, what would you call yourself if it were a hell yes? So
1: that's the thing. It's like everything like to, to like sum it up in a word or like two or three words is just so hard for me. Yeah. Mm. I played with the word mentor and like just sometimes I just say coach period and not life or mm. wellness because mm-hmm. I feel like those get confusing but even that yeah it's hard I, I think if I knew I would be doing it I'd be calling myself something different
0: yeah well it's funny my so my therapist is a shaman and she has these women's groups that I that I go to sometimes and my husband will be like oh are you going to your witch's group I'm like "Yep." <laughs> so I mean, I would call you in many ways a modern day witch and mean that with a positive, Uh, you know, intent. But other people might be like, more scared of that than life coach. But I'd rather go to a witch than a life coach.
1: (laughs) And my my good friends will and my wife, too, will be like, you're just a witch. And I'm like, "Okay, that's.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Dig. (laughs) So I want to share, too, how we came to be in this moment, because I just think it's so interesting. So we have a mutual friend, Amy. And I had told Amy about wanting to do this podcast. And she's like, oh, my God, you totally have to listen to my friend, Jed George. She was on this other podcast and you have to listen to it. And like, I totally forgot about it at one point, And then I listened and everything that you said, I was like, yes, we're soul sisters. <laughs> and so then I was kind of creepy that. and reached out and was like, hey, can we be friends and be on a podcast together? And you were like, yes. So here we are. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I love that. Yeah. So, queerdos no longer is a thing, right? They're not doing that anymore, or are they?
1: I'm not quite sure, actually. Okay.
0: Because I would advertise for them if if they are.
1: Yeah. I haven't seen any recent episodes. So, I wonder if they're just on vacation or if it's coming back. So, I'm not, yeah, I'm not
0: sure. All right. Well, we'll look into that. Well, so on that show in particular, you told the story about going to Belize. and, And I think, you know what? No, let's back up. I'm going to let you tell the journey about how you came to where you are in this point in time right now. What led you here to be Mm -hmm. this life coach slash witch?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Like, just going to repeat myself a little bit. So like I mentioned, I started off with shiatsu and Chinese medicine, or it's based in Chinese medical theory. And that spoke to me in this huge way. And I remember a moment, you know, maybe five, six years into that, where I was reading about this workshop in Belize that it was like, literally it was like three lines and my friend was going and she's like, come with me. And I like, mm. it really didn't describe it thoroughly because how, you know, it's hard to describe shamanic work. Right. And I was like, yeah, that sounds amazing. I'm in, you know, you're like young and you're just like, I can do anything whenever I want. And <laughs> I still am trying to be that right. Yeah. <laughs> in the 40s. And the money wasn't there, wasn't coming together. So I was like, Oh, I guess it's not in the cards. That I was at a tarot card reader for something else, probably mm. a relationship. You know, I wanted some like clarity and some relationship I was in and I ran out of questions and the tarot card reader was like, well, make something up because you have time left. And yeah. I was like struggling and I couldn't think of anything. And finally, like, I just was like, fine, throw cards on this class, this workshop. I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> she, she threw cards and was like, you're absolutely going Money is because like, I was like I don't have the money. She's like money means nothing. This is gonna change your life, and I want the name of the woman because I have chills from head to toe. She's wow. so powerful, and Ooh. I was like I remember sitting back in my chair and being like, oh shit, I'm I'm going like I don't know where the money's coming from. So I left there kind of in shock, and like a week later uncovered some cash in a 401k from a job from like years and years ago that was like just the amount that I needed so I was Mm. like cash in that and so I went and did that and that was in 2008 brought came back was too overwhelmed oh not overwhelmed I did work with it a little bit with my friends but I just didn't feel confident enough in myself to offer it to clients so I I set it aside and then years later I remember another phase where I was sitting there and I was like I want to help people with their day-to-day routines like I can see where if we worked on their diet and like energetic and emotional support, like these things that they keep coming back for massage for would
0: Mm -hmm. would
1: be like less intense or potentially even go away. Right. And that's when I decided to go back for coaching. I did explore transpersonal psychology and I thought Mm -hmm. I was going to go back and get my master's and you know, it just didn't align for me. So, but the coaching did. And so I said, I trusted and I said yes to that. And now where I'm at now is like, I've let go of the shiatsu and I combine the coaching and the I also do Reiki and the shamanic work, the Maya spiritual healing that I learned in Belize. So yeah. Yeah. So I, at the core, I feel like I'm helping clients with the same thing. It just looks different. And I have more right. tools in my toolbox. And yeah, that's how I got here.
0: Awesome. Will you talk more about the Maya spiritual healing? Because that's so cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it is amazing work that just continues to like blow me away. It is, so my teacher, Rosita Arvigo, who lives in Belize, studied with the last shaman in that area, Donaligio, and she teaches two different things that things that she learned for him. So you might've heard of Maya abdominal massage, which is getting Hmm. more well known. It's an amazing type of massage that works around a lot around infertility. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's so powerful. And I've used, I've gone to practitioners for years for like my menstrual Hmm. cycle challenges and, um, other things, but so uh, that's one side of of what my teacher teaches, and but I learned the other side, which is the Maya spiritual healing, which is using plant medicine mm. with on a, a water ritual with intention and smudging with copal to create this beautiful ceremony where we can like let go of what's not serving us. either you know we talk about this backpack we have on, and some of yeah. the books are like our parents, some of them are like ancestors from. Long ago, some of them are shock or fear that we picked up when we were younger, or even last year. You know, sometimes I talk about if you're in a car accident and that shock of like, you know, that feeling you have of like almost getting in a, a bad accident, like can linger when you're driving. You know, it's like feels kind of lodged or stuck, like this fear. And so we can address that or anything like that when it's related to stuck emotions. But the beautiful part of it is, the most beautiful part is that we don't even need to name it. Yeah. Uh, specifically, we don't have to know where does this come from, who brought this over, you know, or where did this attach, or when did this start happening. It's just we just need the intention, the intention to let it go, and mm-hmm. we do this ceremony that
0: that ripples in really powerful and interesting ways. I want, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes,
1: I know. I love, love to share it with you. Oh my gosh,
0: when I was on your website and I saw that you only do that in person, I was like, no. Hmm because you're where in you're near seattle right yeah i'm a, an hour and a half north in bellingham mm-hmm.
1: uh, 20 minutes from the canadian mm-hmm. border yeah
0: well, i'm going to vancouver in really? may so if there's any way i can figure out a way to do that i'm in for sure i would love that yeah because yeah, you know be i feel like and I, i'd love your take on this but there's a spiritual shift happening right now, obviously. Uh And in my life personally, I think there's a lot, there's a lot of work that's happening on those deeper levels. Like you talked about, like ancestral trauma or, you know, other things that we're maybe not aware of. And I mean, science is backing us up with all this stuff. Like Uh epigenetics is, is, you know, talking about transmutation of trauma from generation to generation. And I know that I'm carrying stuff with me that is not mine. And it's exhausting. Like it's it's like this lead. Somebody said yesterday. Oh, yeah. Somebody was talking yesterday about wearing this lead coat all the time Uh and wanting to just take that off. Yeah. And that's what the Maya spiritual healing does. I need it. I need it so bad.
1: Yeah. I also just feel kind of super inspired to share. Have you heard of Family Constellation work?
0: I have. And I've done one. And it was. Can I tell? Well, yeah, hmm. I would. Yeah. Well, I can I can share just a little bit of it because, you know, I don't want to out some things about my family members. So we did it. We did a and for people who don't know what that is, a family constellation is. I mean, I don't know if they call it energy work, but it definitely is energy work from my perspective. And there was a therapist who was facilitating this and. I don't even remember what I said, because you pick a thing, whatever Uh relationship that you want to work on. And so I picked my relationship with my brother. And then she picked other people to play different people, you know, and so Uh one person played my brother, another person played my mom. And then it's it's like improv, but it's really led energetically. And from this intuitive place of knowing rather than you know, I don't say, hey, you playing my brother, you do this. And so the experience that I had was so profound and 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 I was able to, even though I, I knew everything that came out of that intellectually, I was able to step back from a different perspective and recognize some patterns in, in my ancestry that I hadn't thought about in that way and how it made so much sense that... My relationship with my brother was so laden with with fear just based Mm -hmm. on what had happened in the lineage. And I mean, I was able to let go of some pieces of that and recognize I can step back. And this is beyond my control because it's been happening for generation after generation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can totally. I've had a really similar experience with the work, and what I yeah. find so refreshing about that, and I call it, I think it's shamanic work. I mean, I mm-hmm, like this mm-hmm. has a shamanic, yeah, component for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Because one, I feel lighter. I don't feel as responsible or as like entangled with what you know, whatever issue or person I I do a constellation on or about. But also, mm-hmm. you know, they say that the healings that happen in in that sort of setting ripple forward. Yeah. And they ripple back. Right. It is this expansive kind of, it's so hard to put words to experience that, that has a really profound effect. So yeah, when you were talking about, yeah, the Maya work does definitely overlap with family family constellation work. And I just Mm -hmm. was like, ah, like I just finished a year called learning circle and family constellation work. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, I'm not offering it with clients yet, but it's definitely like fine. Then one of the things, you know, calling to me lately
0: for I for need to reason. do a training in that because it really is. It's ah. so magical. So good. And group work so is my favorite of all the work. Oh, is it? Cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. As a group facilitator, I feel like I'm a conductor instead uh-huh. of having to like, it, you know, one-on-one, there's just so much more pressure as a <laughs> as a therapist.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I feel like just since I moved to Bellingham, I started doing more group work and leading mm-hmm. a monthly circle called the Energy Awareness Circle. And- it's donation based. So you, I don't know if there's going to be four people and then sometimes there's 25 people. And I'm like, okay, here you go, Jen. Like trust that you've got (laughs) the tools and it, and it, and it, it, yeah, it works. Like I really love the energy of a group and how people learn from each other. And like, I love watching those connections happen. And then,
0: yeah, it's really cool stuff. And that made me think of something that I, I wanted to fight with you about and not really yeah. fight. I'm being dramatic about it. But you had said something in the other podcast that I I want to tease out a little bit because you had said that when people come to you, you believe that you don't have the answer that they have the answer. And yes. the thing that ugh, I guess I've been... As a, as a therapist, you know, I, I feel like people probably, if they're coming to you for energy work kind of stuff, maybe they're open in a different way than sometimes they are when they come to me as a therapist. But I see a lot of people in in denial, and it's not necessarily denial of addiction, but denial of their truth. And mm-hmm. based on growing up in my family, where you know I watched people deny their truth every second of every day, I got really good at at being able to intuit like you have more than this, like you have more capacity or, you know, my mom would always be like, everything's fine. And I'm like, it's not Mm. fine. So I feel like I have this ability to tap into what could be people's highest good if they're ready to open themselves to that. And Mm so I'm just, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. And I, you know, I think, I think everybody has the truth inside them, but not everybody has developed access to that truth.
1: Yes. Oh, I 100% agree with that statement. And so when I say... You have the, you know, the answer, or you have the answer within you. It's not, you know, I don't have it for you. That's what I mean. Like it's in there. It might be like cloud, you know, there's a huge fog around it or something blocking it or there's something that's like you're not connecting to for whatever reason, you know, whether it's emotional, energetic, spiritual, I don't know. But I see my job is helping clear the fog so they can connect to that. Yeah. That's what
0: I mean by that. I like that idea of clearing the fog. Yeah, I I think about that, too, just trying. I see my job is trying to help make that connection. And and I guess, too, for people who come to me, there's a part of them that wants to see it and there's a part of them that doesn't. Uh, And so I try to strengthen the part of them that does in order to get to that truth, because, I mean, Mm -hmm. there's nothing more heartbreaking than watching somebody that you care about get in their own way. And we all do it in, in different, mm-hmm. you know, varying mm-hmm. degrees of, of suffering, right? Totally. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can relate to that. Right. Well, let's shift to, I want to know what you think about using the word healer in the capacity of what you do.
1: Yeah, I struggle with it. I oh, not even struggle with it. I've kind of, I feel like I've gotten to a point where I'm just like, that doesn't resonate with me, that word. Again, mm. I feel like I struggle with words in general, with, like these like labels for mm. myself because I feel so I feel so much more, I don't know, dynamic or just, it's just really yeah. hard for me with, with the word. So I remember a t- in the beginning, it was like, nope, I won't go near that word. And it was very much a, like, I don't mm. feel not worthy. It's not the word. I didn't feel comfortable. It made me squirm. It made me mm. feel like, oh gosh, I couldn't call myself that. And then I remember several years ago coming to a point where I'm like, well, I feel like, okay, I could try that on. Let's see how that fits. Like, I don't want to resist it just because I don't feel like, because of a worthiness thing or like, right. just because I'm scared of it. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to like feel into it because I'm scared of it. So I decided to lean in. And I remember like maybe even putting it on, like changing my newsletter, or maybe something had like, you know, describing myself. And then I just finally came to the point where I'm like, oh no, it's not that I'm scared of it. It just doesn't resonate because Healer to me, mm. how I interpret it, is that I'm the one doing the healing. And I don't mm-hmm. believe that. I believe right. I'm holding the space. I've got some tools, but there's way more going on. This isn't me healing you. This isn't me fixing you. This is, you know, I'm just kind of the person holding the space in the mm-hmm. channel, I guess, in a way. So mm-hmm. that's why I finally decided like, oh, that doesn't fit for me. But I don't feel like I also have judgment. I, I Some of my teachers use that term and I don't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't turn me off, it just, for me, it doesn't work.
0: And that's so interesting that you say, you know, that you're, you're like, nope, that's that doesn't work for me. But you answer the same way as almost everybody else answers that question in that they are a conduit, vessel, channel. Mm-hmm. Those words, one of those three words always yeah. comes up. And it's funny, cause I am trying to step into owning the word healer, but I also think the same, right? I think that I am a conduit and a vessel and that it is the relationship. Being a healer Uh is not, you know, me bestowing things on you. But in this relationship, I just happen to be connected to something that would be helpful for you. (laughs) Yeah. And I was talking with another person that I interviewed about it. And we were talking about the socialization of women and wondering if, you know, our fear of sometimes stepping into that word is that we're socialized not to take too much responsibility for being powerful Mm -hmm, mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's what I was scared was my fear of like it's too big of a word I don't I don't I can't be that you know I can't I I was playing small and so I was that was my fear so that's Mm -hmm. and it's so fascinating like words and how we all interpret them differently like it sounds like we're on the same page as far as how we work with people and it's just like and healer you know sounds like it works for you and and there's just nothing wrong I mean yes that all is true (laughs) I just I just love that
0: well, that's a good demonstration of the concept of of yes and 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 everything being gray because there's not either you're a healer or you're not, right? <laughs> like, yeah, there is doesn't. this gradation of interpretation of of words and what they mean and how they feel, too. I think mm-hmm. I think different words have different energy. And to me, again, like healer is this kind of connective experience where I think, and actually, I don't remember if you mentioned anything about this in the other podcast, but do you have a religious background in your upbringing? Yeah, I was raised Catholic.
1: I went to Catholic school from kindergarten through college, by the way. Oh, girl. Oh, so serious
0: (laughs) Catholicism recovery going on, I bet. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, And some of the people that I've talked to who have less of a connection to that word tend to have more I don't want to say trauma in their religious or spiritual history, but there's something there in that origin yeah. that 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 makes the word healer less appealing.
1: That's interesting. I've never felt into that, but that that's like something I like to like just sit with and explore.
0: I need to do a research study after this because yeah. I you know when you ask people the same questions over and over and you get similar answers it's it, yeah there's there's got to be something in the, ooh yeah i just had totally. a feeling about something cool i don't know we'll find out i love it i love it <laughs> yeah so if you don't embrace the word healer mm-hmm. uh, then how do you feel about wounded healer
1: funny enough, it doesn't, it doesn't trigger me like healer does. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Wow. Yeah. I know. I'm like realizing I'm like shining a light on some internal, like, yeah, like, oh, that's so yeah. I'm fascinated by that
0: myself. Right.
1: So yeah, I guess I'm not focused on the word healer. I'm focused on the word like wounded, maybe helper or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But it makes sense to me because when I think about what that means, whether it's the word healer or not, the reason I do this work is because I can connect with my clients so well on where they're at and what they're going through. It's yeah. like so many times in every session I do with clients where I'm like, yep, I know that feeling or yep, I can totally mm-hmm. relate to that. Or yep, I've been there. I mean, sometimes it was like 20 years ago and sometimes it was like last month, <laughs> yeah. you know, like I can see you and I can hear you. And because I've been through this, this journey and I wasn't always aware so aware of the energetic world I wasn't always aware of my emotional state the reason I'm doing this yeah. work is because I, I wasn't and I had to find it and when I found what worked for me it changed my life and I was like I have to like share this with other people so it totally resonates with me that that concept that archetype like I feel like I know what that that is I can still relate to that but the word healer itself doesn't right <laughs> it it almost feels irrelevant like that word yeah like, yeah, yeah yeah whatever but that concept <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Well, and do you know anything about astrology? Because there's something going on with Chiron right now.
1: I just very. I'm just starting to re, like read and like um explore mm-hmm. that area, but I don't know exactly what's happening right now.
0: I can't. And I am. T- I don't know why. There's some sort of like brain block for me in like remembering anything that has to do with astrology. But I read something the other day where we we are in a space where Chiron is very active and you know, where I guess wherever Chiron is in your astrological chart is where you are called to do the deepest healing in your own life. Uh, So uh I I forgot I was going to look up my chart again and see, see where he he's hanging out.
1: Yeah, me too. I know that there's just old stuff being pulled. I mean, personally, and I see it, you know, these patterns with my clients and with my friends and (laughs) everything. Yeah we're being forced. I feel like I'm being forced to really look at some stuff that's been in the shadow side for a long time. And I'm like, Oh, man, this is so uncomfortable, but I know it's needed. Fine. I'll do it.
0: Well, I think (laughs) that goes back to what I was talking about earlier with people that are in denial. I feel like I see a split right now. And I see a faction of people who are eyes open, awake, And suffering as a result of Uh, like doing all this deep healing. And then I see this other faction of people, eyes closed, you know, gritting their teeth, trying to push their way through life without addressing these things. And it just, it makes me sad. Yeah. And
1: this is something you had said earlier that I wanted to just mention real quick. And you're like, well, maybe different people are coming to see me as a therapist than they, they are to see you as a coach. And I would say from my experience, yes, because I have yeah. some people come to see me and it's so obvious, like, oh, nope, you're needing a therapist. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, this might feel like, yeah, safer for some reason, but, you know, I'm not going to, we're not going to go deep into your past and bring that stuff up because that's, you know, out of my mm-hmm. scope. But I do see, so I see a range of people where I'm like, oh, nope, that's therapy. And then, oh, nope, we, I can, I can help you
0: mm-hmm. with the
1: coach part and looking forward and moving forward with action steps yeah so I would say, yes, I see definitely a percentage of people like with that the the eyes closed clenching, not wanting to yeah. to move forward. I think what I've noticed I can speak for only myself what I've noticed with my with the people that I'm working with is that something has shifted for them even a little bit, either mm. maybe they were like that, but there an opening has occurred for them to show up and be vulnerable mm. and I I don't know if as a therapist, I'm assuming, or maybe you do offer like a, like a session, not a free session, but an initial session. You're like, is Mm -hmm. this a good fit? Because sometimes people come in and it's immediate, like, oh, nope. How I work, we're not resonating for whatever reason, whether they're Mm -hmm. not open or or ready for or whatever. I don't even want to phrase that or put words to that. So I always, I'm working with people who, who are open in this new way to stepping into their life. In a more inspired and connected way, so I could see where, as a therapist, you're getting more of a range than me. I guess that's what it all comes down to.
0: <laughs> well, I guess, and and I should clarify that it's not because I, to be really honest, I have a really low caseload right now because I'm doing a lot of administration and management. But I feel like mm-hmm. in in the general world is where I'm seeing this. You know, not just with clients, but with just with with people in my life on the periphery of my life you know, that's, that's where I feel like I see the split. And I I think a lot of it has to do with the, the political climate is so divisive right now. And and I think people are really wanting to hang on to that black and white way of seeing things. And we can't, it's not working. And I feel like the people who are struggling to, you know, connect with maybe their higher purpose for themselves. They want it to be black and white. They want there to be a yes or no answer. And that's, that's what's keeping their eyes closed and their jaw clenched. Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. Thanks, sir. I'm glad you spoke to that more. I can, yes, totally agree with that as well.
0: You said something earlier that I, I want to tap into as well. You talked about, you know, really seeing the people that you sit with and, I wanna say that that is one of the facets that makes somebody a healer. And I'm just gonna call you that, you don't have to call yourself (laughs) that, I'm just gonna. For the purposes of this interview. Yeah, yes, yeah. And I think for me, my, like I I said earlier, I developed this intuitive, and, and actually it's probably really actually psychic if we're gonna be more specific about the definitions, but developed the ability to feel what other people were feeling uh-huh. see what other people were or weren't seeing as their truth, aside from my own. And I think that that's a, that's a gift of of being a healer. And I'm curious for you, do you know where you cultivated that? Was it something that you always had? Or did you really try to, to cultivate it? Interesting. I would say yes, and. Uh, yeah. Yay. <laughs>
1: like, what I believe about myself is that like, I've always been this way, but I shut yeah. it off. Big time when I was growing up because it mm. just I, in whatever way, got the message in society and school at home that oh like that isn't that isn't a place to be like open and emotional and however I was feeling I got the message that not okay so I remember shutting it down and feeling really disconnected from myself a lot of my growing mm. up like a lot just lost numb confused really wanting just like to fit in, you know, and like mm. work, spending a lot of my energy doing that. And what shifted for me, you know, it wasn't a conscious thing. Like I'm going to change that. I think the turning point for me was when I went through some health issues, like in mm. 1920, 18, 1920, where I went to the doctor. They're like, take this pill. This is the only thing you can do. You're going to be on it for the rest of your life. Um. And I was like, like, this doesn't make any sense. Mm. And so I remember having the switch inside me being like, nope, I'm not going to do that. And I'm going to just start researching myself and find a natural remedy or, you know, see what I can learn on my own. So I remember just devouring books on holistic healing. And so I think that's when I, I really started to open up because of course, holistic healing, they're starting, they're talking about emotions and how they're connected Mm -hmm. to the physical. And they're talking about all these things that could be contributing to my physical ailment that like made so much sense. And so that's when I started going to get massage and energy work. And mm-hmm. so it was really in those sessions of like seeing other people, other practitioners where I started to connect with like, and I think shed those, like that armor that I had built up all my mm. oh, growing up. I started to shed that and really connect to like, Oh my gosh, I I have a felt sense. And I just started to really just get really excited about that and put a lot of energy into, into that. So that's where i that's where it shifted for me. I think it was a slow process. I know it wasn't like a one time thing of like at this session, it was like lots of conversations and sessions with other practitioners that started to open me up in this way and re- reconnect mm-hmm. me really. It wasn't even like a new opening. It was like, oh yeah, I, this makes sense, and I kind of remember this, but it's been gone for so long. I've been so distant from mm. it, so it was more of a remembering,
0: and what I almost hear you saying too is the things that you were, and I'm going to use the word punished, even though that that might be a little harsh, but the things that you were punished for as a child were celebrated finally later. Uh, Yes. So then then there was space and I feel exactly the Uh same way. Just growing up in Southern Ohio, everything you're supposed to do, (laughs) you're, you're supposed to do whatever it is that your parents, you know, think you're supposed to do. And we were raised in a religious household and I was supposed to fit in a box and I couldn't have named it back then, but I was constantly just great. I felt crazy. And I, yeah. instead of, I can relate. yeah, instead of going numb, I'm very much an actor outer. So I was, I was histrionic and just needy and crying all the time. And I was frankly suicidal and all of these things. Cause I just didn't know how to sort out these messages that I were getting that I was not okay. And now as a therapist, you know, not only am I okay, but people are like, no, you're really fucking good at what you do. And it's because of this gift. And I may not have developed that gift quite as deftly had I been encouraged. I, I don't know. You never know, right? Yeah,
1: I totally can resonate with so much of what you said. And sometimes I'll find myself saying like, oh my gosh, imagine if yeah. I was able to develop this this." Wow, sometimes I call it a superpower, this intuition, yes, this like, yes. thing that is such a gift from a young age. And then mm-hmm. the other part of me is like, My life would look so different. And you know what? I really like me and I like what yeah. I and so there's that too. So do I really want to look back and wish things were different, or is there a way to
0: yeah.
1: find acceptance and appreciation for where I am now and what all those
0: challenges gave me, which I'm pretty happy. <laughs> I feel exactly the same way. And I my my I think I I had told you already that my parents both died in 2014 Mm. and my whole life had said I am what I am despite my parents. And it wasn't until they died and I was able, I feel, I feel like somehow their death created space for me to step into my authenticity in a totally new Mm. way. And it was only after they died that I thought, no, I am who I am because of them and able to embrace that rather than, push that away because i love who i am and i'm really proud of myself and i i also call it a superpower really too the stuff that we do everybody has capacity for it just like you know your own truth mm-hmm. but we have to step into it we have to cultivate it and practice yeah
1: it's definitely a practice
0: <laughs> mhm mhm yeah. yeah i mean pretty much everybody i talk to when we get into these things everything is a practice because everything's impermanent right mhm totally. I feel like we could continue talking about all the things forever. <laughs> how do you I, I think some something else that's that's kind of come up in these interviews is is the way that the people that I'm interviewing how they take care of themselves mm-hmm. now because I think I think once you step into this awareness, at least for me, I probably spend more time on self-care than I do anything else because I'm totally. more aware of the, my suffering and the pain and all of it. So how do you, how do you do that? What do you spend time doing to to care for yourself?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I feel the same way. Like I spend a lot of time. Sometimes my friends are like, wow, you do a lot. And I was like, I do, because I feel like if I show up for other people in this way, I really need to like fill up my well, right? I need to be full to do this. My self care really can vary. I, I really need to stay connected to like, what my body's wanting versus what I think it needs. <laughs> so yeah. sometimes I'm like, I must do yoga four to five, four times a week and I must for this long. And I'm like, well Jen, is that necessarily what you need today? Like that is then a big part of my practice. Cause sometimes I'm like, no, I really just need to like rest and lay down. That's actually what I need. And that's self-care. So it really varies. I do movement stuff. So like yoga or dance is a big part of my self-care. I do meditation. I smudge a lot. I do tapping work. And, and this, may, maybe it sounds like I'm doing this for hours a day. And it's <laughs> not. A lot of my practices are 30 seconds or three minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am really passionate about like simple yet practical and powerful tools. And of course, yeah, I'll go to a yoga class for an hour or 90 minutes. That's not like I don't take care of myself in these longer ways. But I found that for me, and everyone's different, that when I incorporate several things throughout the day, and even if they're really small and quick, that that has made the biggest impact for me. And it really varies. I mean, I read a lot too. I read spiritual books, which mm-hmm. really just help my mindset come back to what I know to be true when I start to like follow stories or get anxious about, you know, the future. So yeah. that's a big part is, is reading. Yeah, it really, I feel like it really can vary day to day. Mm
0: hmm. Yeah, and it's funny that you were talking about like, oh, I feel like I have to go to yoga this many times. I literally yesterday was like fighting with myself about do I go to the gym or don't I go to the gym? And then I always forget some of these tools, but I talked to you about after I listened to your last interview, I started muscle testing myself again. Oh, nice. And and so I muscle tested, do I go to the gym? And it said no. <laughs> and yes. I was like, is it in my highest good to rest today? Yes. Ah. So then I was able to release that pressure that my mind is telling me you must accomplish X, Y, Z for the yep. week in order to consider yourself successful, not even successful, just just to meet quota.
1: That is awesome. I love that you gave that specific example too, because when I teach muscle testing, mm-hmm. that's one of the examples I give because I'm like, you know, I, I'm like, I muscle test for everything. Like for instance, and I give that exact example. Like yeah. sometimes I like, what should I do for like, my body right now in this moment do and I get like pulled in all these different directions. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. you can meditate or you could go for a walk or, you you know, it's like, I'll just sit down and muscle test. And it like, just takes away all this pressure stuff that you should know the right answer in your mind. And it like, just like, you can serve, I can surrender more when I, yeah, when I just let go and trust that, like, okay,
0: this is what
1: that's coming up for me. <laughs> right. I love that you use that example. Too. Yeah.
0: Wait for, for people who don't know what muscle testing is. Can you describe it?
1: Yeah, there's different ways to do it. So you can use a pendulum, which is it can you can anything can be a pendulum, you can take your necklace mm-hmm. that has a little weight at the bottom and use it. I've used my keys before. But <laughs> in like, yeah, I mean, really anything, but you might see it in like a metaphysical store on a string or a chain with like a stone at the bottom. Those are kind of sold as pendulums. And then you can also use your fingers. So using your thumb and your pinky, for instance, like on your left hand. And if you take your thumb and your first finger through that and it's weird to describe it without showing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm doing it right now. Like, here, just like this. <laughs> I'll just like kind of walk you through it, right? Is that okay? Yeah, please. Like, as if I'm teaching it? Okay. Yes. So take your left hand, thumb to pinky. Take your right hand, thumb and first finger and Loop it through that hole. And then you're going to, with the thumb and first finger, you're going to press out. And that's the motion. And then, but first, before you do that, you're going to take a deep breath. <laughs> and you're going to say or think to yourself, what is yes? and then press out. And most likely you'll get kind of a strong connection mm-hmm. where your thumb and your pinky finger won't separate. Mm-hmm. And then take another deep breath and stop doing anything with your fingers and then say, or think, show what is no. Yep. And when I do that, I get a little break. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Is that what to you? Okay. Yep. And so this can be used to uh, so it's like a circuit right so mm-hmm. what I've learned is that if you were on your left hand to do your first finger and pinky like that's not a full circuit you have to do thumb to pinky on that left hand to get the mm-hmm. circuit and then it's it, your, your body's an electrical system and it's reading it electrically I don't even know how more to talk about it than that Yeah, but to play with that and so in the beginning when people are like this is BS yeah yeah
0: <laughs> you can say shit that. I mark all of these as explicit because I always okay curse. great.
1: <laughs> I was like trying to be really careful. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> when I'm teaching it, what I say is play with yes, no questions that you know to mm-hmm. be true to build confidence with yourself. Like, yeah. is my name Jen? Yes, that's what I always name start Bob? with. Bob? Am I in Washington? Am I in Iowa? Mm-hmm. And so do this to are like, oh my gosh, this freaking works. And then you can start to play. And I d- encourage people, like, don't go for the big things. Like, should I quit my job? And right. Go back to school today, you know? Like, <laughs> this isn't to predict the future. This is to feel into, like, in this moment, like, what's calling you. So, again, the self-care thing, that's a mm-hmm. great way thing to start with. Like, food. People, a lot of people yes. use it for food testing. Looking at a meal or, t- like, you know, tuning into food. So is this in my highest good? That's a question I ask a lot. Mm-hmm. Is this in my highest good right now? Mm -hmm. yes or no, whether I'm holding it over, you know, a certain food item or thinking. So yeah, it's a really useful tool. I really like it. And what's nice about your using your fingers that you don't need anything. You don't need to find the necklace. You don't need to find Mm -hmm. you can use your own body.
0: No, I teach a lot of my clients to do it. And I'm guessing that zero of them have actually like followed through with it. But yeah, I I use it for myself. And I, I got trained in comprehensive energy psychology and that's where I learned it. But since then I I've looked back and there's a place called Satnam Yoga here. And on Friday, on the first Friday of the month, they do a little healing circle. And so they have a bunch of Healers or whatnot who come in and do things. And at the time, I was really struggling with some food stuff. And this woman was reading my tarot and she had said something. And I was like, Yeah, that kind of sort of sounds like if, you know, I've got this food thing. She's like, Wait, what? You've got a food thing? And I'm like, Yeah. And so I describe it to her. And she's like, Oh, well, we're going to fix this right now. And She did she she did energy psychology and I don't know exactly what things she was having me tap, but she was testing me with muscle testing. And uh-huh. all I remember at the end of that was she's like, you're gonna eat the rainbow. And at the time I was like, Okay, whatever the fuck that means. But ever <laughs> ever since then, I have been eating way more fruits and vegetables. Awesome. I have a smoothie every morning that literally has every color in the rainbow. <laughs>
1: That's so great.
0: Yeah. And, and really since then everything changed and then I'm like my food stuff isn't fixed necessarily, but the stuff that I was struggling with at that time gone. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: And what I love about that story is it speaks to being open and curious versus like being judgment. I don't know. So I've had this experience in myself where I'm like, that makes no sense. I'm going to just like not take that in cuz I don't that my mind can't figure out what that means. But if I like take that like, wow, I don't know what that means, but let's just see what happens. You never know mm-hmm. that it can ripple in this unexpected way mm-hmm. of you're like you actually see it. You're like, yeah, I'm eating in all these different fruits and vegetables, which is, yeah, that's such an important thing. I think about seeing practitioners and maybe like different languages, like, yeah, sometimes the words don't resonate exactly. But if you can be like, okay, or if like 90% does, but you're like, oh, that 10% didn't make, you know, right. Instance, if you go to like a tarot card readers so and be like that 10% made no sense. So I'm going to like, i am you know, worked with people or I have friends who are like, so none of it I'm just yeah. going to like not trust any of it, and it's like, well, what about that ninety? Or what about just seeing where mm-hmm. it leads and trusting that it will land? And even if your mind doesn't find out exactly how,
0: right? Yeah, I've I've found because I I started going to a tarot class and started doing it for myself, and I I can give myself really good readings, and I think I, I realize that it's just a it's just another tool, right? It's just if you are attached to the energy. Then the cards get oh. pulled that represent whatever, and the other thing people are like, "Oh, well, you know you're just putting your own perspective on that like that's the fucking point <laughs> <laughs> totally. that's the how that's how horoscopes resonate with people is you yeah. put your own you know experience, your own life experience on it, and that's that's yeah. what makes it resonate,
1: yeah, you have to be open to doing that and open mm-hmm. to leaning into that and and through your lens, yeah,
0: yeah. I feel like we've talked about a ton today, but is there anything else that you wanted to share that I didn't ask you? Mm -hmm.
1: No, I feel that was, yeah, I don't, nothing's coming up or kind of tapping me on the shoulder at all. Like Mm -hmm. that feels really good. I'm so glad we got to connect.
0: Yeah, me too. And I will be advertising your website so people can find you, you know, and and I just want to make sure to plug and let everybody know you work with people over the phone. So even though Mm -hmm. you're in Washington, because Jen did a Reiki session with me just over a week ago, and it was so lovely <laughs> and it's so cool i i've always been even though i'm i'm a fucking reiki master and i was taught how to do distance reiki i've still had this thing in my mind that i can't do distance reiki but i can receive it <laughs> so yeah you might as well have been in the room with me because it was it was that impactful so plug plug jen george's is, mm. is kind of amazing <laughs>
1: thank you that's really sweet of you Yeah, and I will just I just will say that I had that exact same be- experience before I did long distance Reiki I was mm-hmm. like I don't know but then yet I was receiving it at the same right. time so
0: we're such we're such interesting <laughs> beings right I know <laughs> I know this is this is why psychology works because we're so, like everything is the same too yeah. <laughs> humans yeah. are so predictable yes yeah, totally awesome well thanks again for joining me I really appreciate uh, it thank you this was lovely. Thank you so much to Jen George for being with me today. I really hope you enjoyed that interview, listening to it, I guess, as much as I enjoyed chatting with Jen. And as always, thanks to Andrea Klunder and Edwin Ruiz at the Creative Imposter Studios for editing. Thanks to Liam O'Donnell for our awesome album art and to Ben Mueller for our theme music. For more information on Jen George, you can visit my website. You can find it several different ways. One of those ways is bit.ly slash wounded-healer. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash wounded-healer. You can also go to www.headhearttherapy.com. You can find Conversations with a Wounded Healer and Head Heart Therapy on Facebook and Twitter. And you can check the website for details. So thanks so much for tuning in and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.